Good evening, it's uh, eight o'clock in Yerushalayim, and we want to learn a little bit of the parsha of the Shavua, the parsha of Kitetse. You may remember that the parsha of Kitetse is full of mitzvot, and it's very hard to choose a mitzvah to talk about so that we could learn together in greater depth. Depth, but this week we've chosen to talk about the mitzvah of Kansipor. The mitzvah is contained in two psukim. In Dvarim say this chapter Kabbet 22, the psukim are above 6 and Zion 7. Let's do it together. Rashi says, means we're not talking about a case where you sort of set it up, where you got a bird and you put it in uh, and it's kind of in its nest. And uh, no, but it happens. You're walking along and you're not doing anything in particular. And you happen to see this bird in its nest before you, on the road, on the road. I mean, all of these words are explained by Chazal, but for us, we get the idea. It could either be in a tree or on the ground. Chicks or eggs. And the mother is kind of squatting on the chicks or on the eggs. Lo, don't separate the mother from its progeny, from its children. Don't do that. So look again at the Pasuki. Something happened. You happen to see this this bird sitting on its progeny. But Derek, because eight so Allah Aretz Ephrochim or Beitzim, any combination thereof Aim or Betzal Ephrochim or Beitzim. Well, the the pasuk ends with a love, a negative directive. Loti kacha em al abanim. Loti kacha em al abanim. Rashi says, As long as the mother is sitting on her children, her progeny. Very, very shalak. Send the mother away. And you could take the, the sons the chicks or the eggs. So everybody notices. This is quite a a, a remarkable reward for such a small effort. The reward is It'll be good for you. Good things are going to happen to you. And, and you will be able to live a long life or your life will become fuller and more interesting and more 
profitable and more good. Right? So that's what Rashi says. In order that you should have goodness. That's what Rashi says. You should have goodness. Lemani Tablach, we're talking about Rashi, right? Do you see it? Lemani Tablach, I'll underline the words. Em mitzvah kalash, em bachisar and kis. This mitzvah, Rashi calls it a mitzvah kalah. A simple one, an easy mitzvah. Em bachisar and kis is not like buying a lulav or buying three well baked matzahs for Pesach. This is nothing. You don't do a thing. It just happen upon a bird and you send it away. If you're doing a mitzvah that is such a simple thing, and the Torah says you're going to get a tremendous reward. Kavachom is a kind of logical inference. If it's true for this, for the Kansipor, then it's certainly true. Kavachom v'atanskaransho mitzvot kamurot. Mitzvot kamurot, more difficult, more substantial, more essential. Real mitzvot that we have to go out of our way to do. It might cost us money, it might cost us effort, right? All of that, all of that is true. So that's what, that's what Rashi explains. That there's a mitzvah, it's an easy one, and you get a lot of sechar. You get a lot of reward for doing this easy mitzvah, and everybody can make the kalvachomer. If it's true for this mitzvah, it certainly would be true that you get rewarded for more serious mitzvot. Uh, to complete Rashi, we have to look at the Rashbam. The Rashbam, you remember, was the grandson, Rashi's grandson, and followed him, followed in his path. He wasn't quite as, as talented, let's say, as Rashi. I mean, he definitely knew this stuff, but Rashi was able to condense things brilliantly. The Rashbam sometimes had to uh, write it out at length. But here in this case, we're just looking at the Rashbam to see what it was that he thought Rashi left out. Okay? Rashi said, Rashbam says he's the main al mikre. So uh, he's saying the same thing. It's just that Rashi said it in a word, and he said it in four four words. Don't take the mother from the children. Lefi derech eretz. Lefi derech eretz. This goes clearly according to the way of the world, what is considered to be reasonable. In response to the, those people who have a strange idea, 
I will explain on the pasuk that said lot of Ashel Gedei Bechalei three times actually. Do not sieve or cook the goat in its mother's milk. And and the pasuk that says he and his child. Shedomel achzariyut v'raavtanut. It's tome. It is in fact comparable to achzariyut to the uh, difficulty that we have and uh, doing things like this. You know, we're just not. So the Rashbam has a definitely clear idea about what it is that the Torah is talking about. According to the Rashbam, to eat, to cook, to slaughter a mother and her children together, even for the purpose of eating, as we will see in a moment, after all, the Torah has allowed us to eat. And in order to eat, we have to do shechita, to slaughter, we have to do bishul, to cook, and we have to do lechol, to eat. We have to do all of those three things that the Rashbam says are kind of against the way of, of civilized life. The civilized people don't want to do that. So I guess what the Rashbam means is you don't want to do it too much. You don't want to do it in an extraordinary fashion. You don't want to do it in a way that doesn't allow you to take into consideration the feeling of the animal. And that's the way the Ramban explained it. Look at at the Ramban, and we'll, let's read a, a, a few lines together. It's a very long Ramban, a very important one, but we will uh, we will be able to uh, read them together. You see the Ramban. Let me just underline it. There it is. This mitzvah is also understood men oto ved beno, the prohibition of eating oto and its son together. Oto ved beno lo tishchitu biyom echad. That's what the pasuk says. No, you can't slaughter oto ved beno. I mean, you can slaughter, but not that. Ki atam b'shneihem levilti'a yod sari. And after all, they're, they're both, they're really both similar because they're both about our, our hearts. And we shouldn't develop, uh, you know, a, a wicked heart and lack mercy. And and it may be that the possible has, has directed us to take care of all of the various animals, 
fish, birds, that were part of creation and were saved, were saved in the ark, in Noah's ark. He says, Lo yatir hakatu. The Pasuk is not going to allow us to destroy, to destroy a type of animal or this right type of bird. Even though the Torah says you can slaughter the animal, you're allowed to eat it. So he says, he the Ramban, he says, he says, somebody who does away with, who destroys the mother and the sons of one day, or, or takes them when they have freedom to fly away and stops them from having that freedom, right? It's as though he is trying to do away with, with that type of animal or that type of creation. And for the Ramban, for the Ramban, you could not, you couldn't really say that this is part of the natural evolution of things. But if the animals, if animals disappear, you know, like uh, they just didn't exist anymore. They were, uh, the the uh, Ramban had a negative feeling about that. It wasn't just that you denied the existence of a a type of animal that was, but you denied the existence of an animal that was created in creation. So you kind of took a stand against creation of some sort. And that, the Ramban says, is unacceptable. Unacceptable. And even though, even even though it's allowed to slaughter, we're allowed to slaughter the animal that we're going to eat. Nevertheless, we can't do away with that kind of animal. We hear about it every day, about India and Africa, and, uh, the animals that, uh, that disappear. Okay, that's the Ramban. So the Ramban is, I would say, along with the Rashbam and Rashi, that uh, that there's something negative when you do things that are negative they have a negative effect on you and so the rashbam said you know if you do bad things you know you you you're actually developing traits that we are unhappy about unhappy about and then the the Ramban quotes the Rabbi Mor Nebuchadnezzar. But let me get it. Let me get it. Bikatava Rabbi Mor write the third part, chapter 48. Kitam Shiloh Haken Betamal Tobet Benolo Tishkutubi Yomichad. How come the Torah is concerned about these things in Elaz here? Shelo Yishkot Haben Beineha Em. Okay, that's what the Ramban says. I don't know. 
I'm sorry, that's what the Ramban quotes in the name of the Rambam. Rambam says that, that animals have feelings. And because they have feelings, you have to be careful. I mean, you have to do what you have to do in order to exist. You have to eat. But you have to somehow be careful about the feelings of these animals. There's no difference, according to the Rambam, between the concern that a man has for his children and the concern that an animal has for its progeny. Because this capacity of, of mercy for the children, for the children of, of, of a woman, you can't say that this is all because of, you know, the advanced state of humankind, right? They have seichel, they speak. But it's sufficient to have the thought ability that is found in animals. Just as it is found in man. And that's why, that's why the prohibition in the Torah of O Toved Beno, he and his son, and all of these things come in order to set you straight, set you in the right direction. And furthermore, it's important that we should not become uh, we should not become the Amar Harav Val Tashiv Alaymi Mamar Chachamim. He says, and the Rambam continued and said. Don't uh, don't say anything to me. Don't ask me a question from this statement in Brachot or Remember, remember that I just want to make sure we we know what he's talking about. One second. Here's a Mishnah. You see the end here at the bottom? Somebody is davening and wants to make a reference to HaKadosh Baruch and say, just like we would also like to have that this is Omer, I can't see Paul, you're a girl, I'm a girl. 
like a, like a like a person says, you know, God is so full of mercy. Even though even the Kansipar, even though they the nest, the bird's nest is also the recipient of Rachamecha. The Mishnah says, Vishadkin also. Vishadkin also means you tell the stop. You can't say that. You can't say, what can't you say? That even the Kansi is the benefit, has the benefit of your, of your mercy. So now if we go back to the Ramans quoting the Rambam. Because that, that statement in the Mishnah can be explained in two ways. There are those who say, there are those who say, that mitzvot don't have a rationale. It's just what God wants. The only relationship to us is a tzivui, is a command. So the Rambam said, here it's not clear what the Rambam said. At least you could make, we can make an argument. We could say the Rambam thought, Rambam thought that the mitzvot are meaningful. They can be understood. They were not the result of a whim or something that has no, no rationale at all. Not at all. Right? We hold from the second idea. That all the mitzvot can be understood, have a reason, have a rationale. They, they're important. They're important. And that uh, against the Rambam, against the Rambam in Breshit Rabbah, Medrash, after all, how can we distinguish in order to understand God's position, how can we distinguish between slaughtering an animal from the his neck or from his, the back of his head? The mitzvot were not given to the people to purify them. Shneemar, Shneemar, call Imrat Everything that God said, spoke, directed, is all for purification of of our purification. So, according to the Ramban. According to the Ramban, 
it's not clear that there is a specific idea that the that the, that the mitzvah presents, and there's a specific reason for this mitzvah to be. And he quotes as being the significant proof to this. Why would a Kaddish care? Oh, how would you explain the fact that God wants shechita? God wants us to slaughter animals by the neck. Right? Take a knife and slaughter the animal in the neck. I mean, what difference does it make to God if we do it from the neck, you do it from the, from the back of his head? So that clearly means, okay? Clearly means that mitzvot, mitzvot don't have a specific particular purpose. This is what we have from the Rambam. Says, the Rambam is right. How come we don't know what these the rationale for mitzvot are? Vidarshu. Things, the thing that that God uh, determined that should happen. We don't know what the reasons are. My new That's what's missing. I, I have a, a, a way of understanding everything. I, I looked into the para aduma question, the red heifer. I don't know. I will tell you, I'll give you to understand for the others, it'll be without a rationale. So you see, you see that the that the, the Ramban, the Ramban is a very understanding of the position that says that we don't really understand what the mitzvot that HaKadosh Baruch gave us are about and why they are important to us. 
And to my mind, it's not clear that this is a machlokas, a difference of opinion between the Rambam and the Ramban, because it is possible that the Ramban could say, that the Rambam could say, that it's well have some ultimate purpose that's known to God, but not known to us. But we could still know something about these mitzvot and why they're good for us. Because even though we don't know the ultimate, but we know that it's good for us to follow the mitzvot, and the Rambam can help us to discover what that goodness is. Help us discover what that goodness of mitzvot, of mitzvot are. And that's something that that happens all the time. I would like to I would like to uh, just make a, a point, another point that the Ramban has has, uh, has mentioned. And that's that uh, Mishnah in Brachot. If, as you say, Ansi why is it Mishatkinota? What's so terrible? What was the terrible thing that the person who was davening and said, That's what it says. It, it says, I mean, the Rachamim of Shamayim come to the world through the Tzibui, through the command. Right? Mishatkinota, he did something bad. What did he do that was so bad? What is so bad? So you understand, understand. I mean, we have to understand. We generally associate God with a kind of perfection, which we may not understand fully. But there's no doubt that when I think about God's relationship to the created world, I would think in terms of perfection. The people who should be punished are punished, and the people who, are, who should be rewarded are rewarded. It's true, I don't always see that to be the case, right? And Yirmiyahu and Avi also put it in a uh, in a very succinct manner, and he said, he said that the good people seem to be problematic. They don't always get goodness. The bad people, the bad people are sometimes very well rewarded. And, and, and what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do with that? Okay, you could say that. You could say that the uh, reward and punishment are very complex. And God's relationship to the world is also very complex. And therefore we can say, we know that God treats the world with justice, even though we're not always able to assess that justice. So it becomes 
It becomes a matter of what world do you believe you're living in? Are you living in God's world? Or are you living in Yirmiyahu's world? The way of the wicked seems to be successful. Shalu is short for shalom. Shalu, kol bogdei baget. All of the bad people in the world, they seem to get along very well. They seem don't seem to be as problematic as you would expect them, as you expect them to be. So that I can understand that there might be a duality. After all, Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu came and asked for mercy. Asked for mercy at the time of the, asked for mercy at the time when the people made the golden calf. Imagine they just heard Anoche Hashem I am the Lord of God, then don't do it. They did it. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Moshe Rabbeinu, now, at this moment, you will understand why God is merciful. And told him, the Yud Gimel Midos of Rachamim, Hashem Hashem Ke which is so important. And the idea of having these midos of Rachamim is so important that before Rosh Hashanah, before the Sarasut, Yom Kippur, we say slichot. And slichot are just repeating Hashem, Hashem, Kerachamim again and again. But somehow, even though God is perfect and represents perfection and, and dealing with God should be only on the basis of perfection. Nevertheless, Moshe Rabbeinu asked for mercy and HaKadosh Baruch Hu granted that mercy. HaKadosh Baruch Hu granted that mercy. So it seems that there are two kinds of merciful situations that we can imagine. One is mercy that comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is justice. It has to be. And mercy that is the result of our training ourselves and teaching ourselves, making it possible for us to live within the context of mercy, within the context of mercy. So we go back to the Pasuk, to our Pasuk. Shalakh to Shalakh, the Amen, the Banim Tikatlach, the Mani Tavlach, the Arachli Amim. 
this is the way it has to be. A long life. And Rashi says in Mitzvah Kala, in case this is like a simple mitzvah. Shiloh Hakan. It's a simple mitzvah, mitzvah kalash, in case you don't cost doesn't cost you anything. Amra Torah, the man yitablach, the yamim, for that you get. Arachat yamim. So this is a different kind of rachamim, as the Ramban. The Ramban says this is rachamim, but this is not the God's rachamim. This is our rachamim. And the Torah says that for us, rachamim is a learning experience. You can't just demand rachamim. You have to be involved in it. You have to make it happen. You have to be part of the project called Rachamim, which is different than the fact that Hashem is Rachel Vichani. God's Rachamim is something that has to be, whereas our Rachamim is something that we have to learn. And the way to learn it is in the simplest things you could do. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. Okay. All the best. See you again next week. Thank you. Thank you.